Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome. This is Futures Focus, a podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. I'm your host, Alex Sanchez, and joining me, per usual, David Gasper. David, uh, both our teams are in first place. How is that possible? I didn't think we'd ever see the day, but how are you doing over there in Milwaukee land? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. In first place by eight games, slightly more comfortable lead than when you got for Atlanta, though. Yeah, I was just happy to... This team's finally coming together. Those little trades they did kind of worked out all right. Yeah. If only you had Ronald still, though. Uh, yeah. I don't I think they make Ronald. those trades, you know, if, without with uh, without the injury to Ronald. So probably be in the same spot. But, yeah, it's nice to kind of care about baseball. I kind of gave up on them for until they made those trades. I was like, we got to do something. Yeah. Upset. I thought they were almost going to sell off Freddie Freeman there for a little bit. Yeah. I thought they might pull the uh, – the Rizzo conspiracy where they sell them off and then sign them back. But alas, they're going yeah. for it, which is nice. Or just do what the Cubs it. did in general. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't get, ca- they knew they couldn't catch the Brewers. We didn't have a Brewers team in front of us though. That yeah, that's true. That's very true. All right. Welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you with us this week. We're kind of taking a snapshot as we are well past the mid season Mark, and it's that time of uh, time of year where we look at the risers and fallers in the prospect world. So I've picked three, you've picked three risers. Again, we did that for the fallers. So it's a six up, six down episode. We're going to focus in on those six and kind of give you our thoughts on what their future might be going forward. And we tried to pick some guys that we haven't really talked about. Looking at our list right now, I don't think we really talked about any of these guys in extended length so i'm excited to see what uh, your thoughts are on these guys and to share my thoughts and see what the future might hold for these guys but before we do let's go ahead and jump into the news and notes so the first big piece of news is kind of a recent one i think this came out today as we record and that is uh, a guy known i still know him as jose garcia but he is jose barreo he is getting the call up to the major leagues um that happened today on monday August 16th, um, I, you know, he had a great futures game. He has 17 home runs. The power is starting to show up. So uh, with Kyle Farmer sort of kind of coming back down to earth, looks like Barreo is going to get a little bit of run. So uh, what were your thoughts? I've never, I don't, like another guy I don't think we really talked about too much on this show, but what are your thoughts on his future? Yeah, um, as a Brewers fan, not entirely thrilled that he's going to be coming up for the Reds here down the stretch. But, uh, I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a really good player. And, I mean, the, the Reds have been really kind of waiting on uh, their, their shortstop. I mean, they've kind of weathered most of this uh, 2021 season waiting for their big shortstop prospect to be ready. Um, and now they've finally kind of gotten to the point where they're ready to call him up. So th- this is really going to kind of be their big thing down the stretch. He's their... He's going to be their guy. They've, you know, foregone, you know, getting other help. I mean, they even put a Eugenio Suarez at shortstop earlier this season. So, I mean, with uh, Brero, I mean, you got a really talented defender at shortstop. And, you know, that bad, if it's, um, you know, what they're hoping for um, and what he's been doing uh, this season, 
I mean, in in AAA, I mean, hitting 305 with 11 homers. I mean, it's it's time. Yeah, and I think that if it wasn't for kind of Jonathan India breaking out here as a rookie of the year favorite and Kyle Farmer having a scorching July that he probably would have been up a little bit earlier because he's hasn't stopped hitting since day one this year. So excited to see. I mean, the Reds aren't technically out of it, but I, I would. They're in that wild card race, man. The The Padres falling a little bit flat yeah, there in that second yeah. wild card. If I'm a betting man, I'm not betting on the Reds. But at the same time, this could be a guy that comes up, gives them a boost and gets them kind of within a, a more realistic shout. Especially since Padres. they just lost Jesse Winker. Yeah, yeah. Tough. Oh, well, we'll see. Maybe uh, maybe he gets a – I guess you can move India to the – or Farmer. You can move Farmer to the outfield. Who cares? Um, <laughs> all right, yeah. So looking forward to to that debut for this one. I mean, he's already made his debut in the, the big leagues, but I don't – He this is when he's ready now, I would imagine. 23 years old, he's ready to go. Um, another guy I wanted to touch on is somebody that um, had – he's had a kind of a breakout year this year, and he was never even close to top 100 list or maybe even top 200 lists for that matter. But it's Jake Myers. Um, he's been filling in for Kyle Tucker and he's been holding his own. This is a guy that was hitting 343 in AAA with 16 home runs and 10 stolen bases. And uh, was just kind of flying under the radar because he really hasn't ever done anything in the minor leagues, even remotely close to that. But here he is in the big leagues. He's already swatted two home runs. He's hitting 278. So uh, we might get some extended playing time here at the, you know, in the end of the year and maybe carve out a role for next year. So I I, I don't expect you to have ex- <laughs> predicted me to talk about Jake Myers, but if you wanted to nope. add anything, feel free. But I, got, I got nothing for you there on him. Yeah, fun story. He is 25. He's not the oldest prospect to be called up, but kind of a cool thing. I, I picked him up in all of my leagues when he was about two months ago, and it's fun to see him come up. Uh, let's get back to some actual prospects that you've probably heard of a little bit more. And that's Reed Detmers. He was able to earn his first MLB win. I know he's a guy that we both really, really like after his debut and uh, subsequent start after not looking too hot, comes in, throws six innings, one run allowed three hits only allowed and struck out six. So, and that was against the Astros. So pretty good. And I think that's more of what to expect from Detmers going forward. Back to some call-ups. Um, we had Riley Green getting moved up to AAA along with his best friend, or uh, I can only assume best friend, Spencer Torkelson, also getting promoted to AAA. So this is the year of our top prospects getting promoted to AAA, it seems like. But Riley Green, Torkelson, and even Detmers, anybody want to touch on there? Yeah, I mean, the, the Detroit Tigers have been uh, pretty aggressive there uh, with their... Uh, promotions this year. I mean, they're pushing the 2020 first round pick um, already to triple a. I mean, we knew, we knew Torkelson was an advanced hitter. All right. We, we knew he'd move quickly uh, through the system. Uh, and the, the Tigers also moved up uh, Ryan Creedler uh, as well to triple a, uh, not as heralded as a, pro- as a prospect as Torkelson and Riley green, but um, you know, they've, They've been moving these guys up, and the Tigers have been, you know, kind of uh, hanging around there in that AL Central, I believe. Are they in second place in that Central right now? I mean, I know they're super far behind the White Sox, but... Right, the White Sox are in that league. Yeah, well. but... I'll look it up as you continue. Yeah, but, I mean, the, the Tigers are kind of recognized, like, okay, like, our farm system's kind of 
ready to produce some of these guys. And, you know, they may be looking to, you know, start being a little bit more competitive starting next year. I mean, this year, obviously out, out the window already, but next year it's a blank slate. So, yeah. I mean, they, they could be pushing to have some of these guys ready for early next season. Yeah, the t- I mean, if the Tigers are 58 and 62, and if you had told Tigers fans at the beginning of the year, of the year that would be the record, I'm sure most of them would have taken it. They are in third place, but only by a game back of those Indians. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah but, but I, mean, I mean, they're hovering just under 500. Like, that's, yeah, no, I would for the never Tigers, that's that. really not bad at all, especially yeah. considering they had the number three overall pick this last year. Yeah, if we were at the beginning of the year and said the Twins would be five games behind the Tigers at this point of the year, that would have been pretty crazy to say. Yeah. A couple more promotions as we move on here. And that is George Kirby got the call up to double A. Um, I was kind of wondering what was taking so long, but he did have a shoulder fatigue injury that kind of sidelined him for a couple of weeks there. Um, so he does get the official promotion to double A 2.38 ERA 52 innings, uh, 52 Ks in 41 innings. So really quick. If you had to pick one moving forward, is it Hancock? Is it Kirby? What do you think? Oh, man. It's like asking to pick a favorite child. <laughs> you can put uh, Gilbert in there, too, I'm, if you want to get really tough. Yeah, no. Um, I I guess Emerson Hancock. I don't know. I mean, you really kind of can't go wrong either way. But um, yeah. Do you think I, that... Hancock has the ceiling and then Kirby has the floor. Is that safe to say? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty safe to say. It, it really depends on what you're going for, I guess. Yeah. Hancock has that immense ceiling. and I, But I, I think I would rather have Kirby because I, I feel like he's a sure thing. But there's no sure things when it comes to pitching. <laughs> yeah, right. absolutely. Sure, I tell you. As I will tell you, I actually pitched on Sunday, landed, and the mound was just a little bit lower than I, you know, it should have been. So each Uh-oh. step was just I wasn't quite ready. I was ready to hit the ground, and then I hit the ground a second after. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. yeah. One of those I've, I've been pitches, there on some bad mounds. Yeah, hit the heel of it and then just spasm up the back, and that was it. That was my my day. I had to come out just wow. like that. So my first pitching injury of my life. Can you believe it? <laughs> Amazing. It's crazy. That My stupid back. Yeah. Got to have better posture. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I'm on the IL. Um, that's about it. I think with the news and notes that I yeah, forget, uh, the, the, there are a couple of other, uh, promotions. Yeah. Well, um, who are you thinking of? I see a few yeah. here too. Yeah. A couple minor ones. Um, yeah. I'm just going to mention a couple, uh, bigger brew ones that I saw today. Alex Benellis, third round pick went from uh, rookie ball up to single a, up to low a Carolina. Um, so that was, uh, interesting advanced college hitter. Going to be interesting to see how he does there. And then also, this is um, something definitely for the for the deeper dynasty players. 17-year-old Hendry Mendez, a left-handed hitting outfielder, just signed back in January out of Venezuela. The Brewers have moved him stateside. He's He dominated the Dominican Summer League, and they've moved him up now uh, to Arizona rookie ball uh, after 52 at-bats. Um, in, in the Dominican Summer League, hitting 308, 403, 500 with only two strikeouts in 52 at bats. Whoa. Nice. Yeah. And they promoted him mid season in, inside his first season in the DSL. They promoted him up to stateside. So that 
that is interesting to watch because if if you do that, an organization is very, very high on a player if they're going to move him up as a 17-year-old from the DSL up to uh, the Arizona Complex League midseason. Yeah, you just don't do that with those teenagers. You handle them with kid gloves. So yeah. see so, so that's something to keep an eye on, Henry Mendez. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of the other guys, just really quickly, uh, Justin Foscue, who we did not put in our top risers, but we very well could have. Um, hitting 358, um, 12 home runs, got promoted to double A. I think he was another one that I wanted to, to mention. Um, and then who was the other one I had on here? Oh, Greg Jones, who is a, a raise prospect, got promoted to double A as well. So that's kind of where the news is now um, for for prospects is, you know, they're getting their those late season promotions. Um, all right, let's get into our risers and fallers then. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll be right back after this. This is Futures Focus. David, Alex with you. We'll be right back after this. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we are back. Futures Focus. This is Alex Sanchez, David Gasper. This is a podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. Continue to check out the site. Top 50 lists are still coming out. And they are golden. I'm telling you, if you want to know everything about these prospects from these teams, this is the number one source for you. I I still use it, even though I am a contributor. I still use it for my dynasty leagues. And I know you do too as well, David. You just can't beat the information here, especially since it's free. You know, I can't believe we should start charging. Talk to get a commission (laughs) going here. No, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Um, But we do have a couple of people to talk about here. We have each chosen three risers and three fallers each. So this is going to be a six up and six down uh, prospect report. So we did this earlier in the year. And it was only a few weeks into the minor league season because we were so excited and we made some, you know, drastic claims and stuff like that. But uh, now that we've had more and more time to see these guys, the sample size now is pretty legit. Like if you're hitting over 300 and have a 400 or 450 on base percentage over your 350 at bats, that means something now. And vice versa, if you're hitting under 200 and it's, you haven't moved or got hurt or anything like we have to be concerned about that because um, I mean, just history shows that prospects that usually hit big in the majors almost always hit extraordinarily well in the minors. It just makes sense, right? It's a little bit harder in the major leagues. So if you can't do it in the minor leagues, why would you be able to do it in the major leagues? So David, why don't you lead with your, uh, we'll go riser and a follower. We'll kind of go, we'll alternate that way. So give me one of your risers, Right off the bat. All right. Well, one of my big risers, I think, um, well, I know Scott Green uh, listens to all these episodes uh, religiously. uh, So 
let's let's talk about one of the big risers in mm-hmm. his Red Sox system, Blaze Jordan. Uh, he's been having really a, an excellent season uh, for the Red Sox. He's down there in uh, in A ball, uh, but on the season, hitting 362 on base percentage over 408, OPS over a thousand. Um, you know, he's just been he's just been uh, really having a, a good season, and he's just been showing off that uh, that power and, and moving on up. Yeah, he was a guy that I was really excited about. I mean, everybody was ex- has been excited about him for years and years now. But I was excited with the notion that it was going to take some time, that he hadn't seen advanced pitching, you know, coming from a high school and taking the, you know, that year off almost essentially, and that the bat speed would be there, but it would take some time to adjust and he'd make adjustments. I, I saw him as a guy that would, you know, almost like an Austin Riley guy where it gets promoted, struggles, figures it out, gets promoted, struggles again. And each time you kind of doubt, but this is quite the opposite of what I would have ever guessed for blaze Jordan, even as a fan of him in the draft, the power is there. Like we always knew that he's slugging four home runs and those 69 at bats. Nice is not bad. Um, <laughs> and having a uh, 408 on base percentage, and the strikeouts, that's what's really encouraging. 13 strikeouts to six walks. This kid has jumped to, I don't know, 50s or 70s, kind of in that range. I guess I should say 60s then. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, great pick, I think, for me. Um, he was a shot in the dark in first-year player drafts. That's really hit, really hit well for you. So it's almost like a question of this then. Would you sell high on him, or are you just going to keep writing this out if you're in a dynasty league? Because you could get a bunch for him right now. Me personally, I probably um, would sell high just because there's still that incredible risk, um, and things have looked good so far. But it's been, you know, obviously most of that damage has been in rookie ball, and then you know just recently got the call up to uh, to Salem, but. Yeah, just, just that profile is still super risky to me. And, I mean, obviously there's a lot of potential reward with the home runs and um, with, with what he could be. But, you know, he's also still going to be several years away. Um, so if you could sell high on, you know, something that maybe is a little bit closer to helping out your team or if you if you want some help now uh, for your dynasty team, then um, he may be the guy to to sell high on. Yeah, I think that's a really fair point. To me, the strikeouts are what I will continue to monitor before I, I mm-hmm. would make a decision. I would definitely wait it out a little bit longer. I don't think he'll lose, even if he falls on his face here, that he'll lose much value. So yeah, monitor at least, at least not this season and, and this Yeah, exactly. So monitor the strikeouts. If they start to creep up, then I, I start to really get con- concerned, like you're saying. However, if they stay low, the bat speed's there, and if he's making contact, just damage is going to happen. Um, he doesn't give you much, you know, on the base pass or, you know, an elite position or anything like that. But still, 18 years old, let's not forget. The kid's still 18 years old. He's not, doesn't look like he's 18. <laughs> I didn't look <laughs> no. like that when I was 18. He looked like he was 25 back when he was 15. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Um, so, uh, but definitely, I mean, if nothing else, uh, regardless of, sell or hold or anything like that this guy has been a huge huge riser all right i'm going to give you another riser for me 
Um, this guy probably hasn't have, had as big of a jump as Blaze Jordan, who I would I guess probably made about a hundred point jump if we had to guess. I, I would say he's probably in the 150 to 200 range going into the year, and he's probably up 100 points for, or 100 spots from that. My guy was already ranked probably well within the, the 100, maybe not in all publications, but certainly Dynasty publications. And that's Zach Veen, the outfielder for the Colorado Rockies. And Veen is having an incredible year. Uh, he is 19 years old. Again, this this is where I get really excited about these prospects. We're not talking about 22 or 23-year-olds breaking out. We're talking about teenagers breaking out at very competitive level, levels. He's at low A, um, and he's hitting two, uh, 300. Actually, uh, did he just get promoted to, to high A? I think he might have. Um, but down in low A, he was hitting 300 with 14 home runs and 30 stolen bases. That's the one that really bumps him up for me because I viewed Hassel and Veen very, very close in terms of their value. And I viewed Hassel as the speed guy with the hit tool and Veen as the power guy with the, you know, a good hit tool as well. Didn't see 30 stolen bases coming. Now, granted, he's been caught 15 times, which is not good and probably not a good indication going forward. But if we're talking about a guy who's going to turn into Charlie Blackman there in Colorado, this guy's got to be creeping into top 25, top 30 status um, on base percentage. is solid. It's nearing 400. Um, so, again, 19 years old, good draft pedigree. He was drafted in, the uh, again, the first round. What was he, the eighth pick, ninth pick? Uh, eighth pick. Eighth pick. Ninth. Ninth. Yeah, because yeah, Hassel went first, right? The Padres. Yeah, yeah. Where the Padres two. were eight. Yeah. Yeah, and they went with the hit tool guy, which uh, no, no knock on Hassel. Hassel's been great as well. But I mean, both are really kind of hit tool guys. Yeah, yeah. So, but the the thing was, Veen had the power, and Hassel had the higher hit tools. What I thought of, and now we got to kind of reassess that. So, yeah, Zach Veen. I mean, lots to like here. We got to continue to monitor the these stolen bases and see if he can maybe get a little bit better of a success rate. But what a debut for Zach Veen. What are your thoughts on him really quick? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's been absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. 30 stolen bases, a lot of caught stealings, but he's got the speed uh, clearly. Um, and it's really just kind of a matter of uh, making sure that he gets good jumps each time and, and just kind of picking his spots. And that's something that, that can be taught. Speed can't really be taught, but the instincts and, and the, um, just kind of skills there on the base paths and, and utilizing that speed that can be taught a little bit more. And yeah, hitting for a high average, hitting for power, 14 homers, um, drawn some good walks there, nearly, nearly 50 walks on the season, driving in runs, 61 RBIs, 22 doubles uh, on the season. He's really got all the stuff that you're looking for in terms of a all around uh, fantasy contributor. The one thing that is a little bit concerning with Bean currently is the strikeouts uh, with Fresno there in low A. He's got 95 strikeouts and 317 at-bats, which is just under 30% of a strikeout rate, uh, 29.9. So striking out close to 30% of the time, that is something that is going to have to be monitored going forward. You'd like to see that a little bit lower because, you know, odds are whatever percentage striking out in the minor leagues you're going to be striking out a little bit higher in the major leagues 
Um, so that's definitely going to be something to monitor. But uh, big kid, big power, big hit tool, uh, really good speed. So uh, there's a lot to, to really like there. Um, but the strikeouts is something to monitor, although I don't think that'll hurt his fantasy value that much unless you're in a league that counts uh, strikeouts. Sure, like a points league. Yeah, um, yeah, six foot four, one ninety five. So this, he's still gonna grow. So if you're you were expecting, you know, to see him already be at you know twenty home runs or so, like those are gonna be coming um, very quickly. <laughs> I think as he builds <laughs> a little bit more muscle and even a little bit more plate awareness and, and approach and stuff like that. So um, I imagine double A next year for him if you know if things go well here to end the year and you know twenty years old at that point, Coors Field. Waiting for him. I mean, this is a guy you're not going to get for cheap <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, but this isn't really that show. This is the, our, our big risers and fallers. So uh, Zach Veen, Blaze Jordan, our first two risers. So let's get negative. Let's talk about some fallers. Um, I'll let you go ahead and take this one again, and, and then I'll add my guy after. So who do you have as one of your big fallers for 2021? So I remember a couple weeks ago, um, or probably a couple months ago at this point, at some point earlier in the year, uh, we were looking at top 100 guys and trying to figure out who's going to make it, who's going to be stars and who's going to be busts, you know, trying to figure out who the busts are going to be of the top 100. And when we looked at the top 10, you know, we looked at some names on there and we asked who the busts are going to be. And I said, Nate Pearson was going to be one of the busts. And so far, you did. You did things, say that. Yep. things have kind of been been looking that way, been dealing with uh, some injuries. Um, you know, he had a start there for Toronto this season, went two and a third, uh, gave up, a, gave up some runs. Um, so his numbers don't really look strong in the season. Five walks also in that outing, more walks and hits allowed. Uh, that's not good. And then even in triple A in Buffalo this year, uh, seven games, four and a half ERA. Uh, been hurt some more this year. Um, it's really not looking like he's going to stay healthy enough or or be able uh, to reach that ace frontline starter level potential. Um, and he may end up at most being a high leverage bullpen arm. Yeah, and I think that's what the future holds immediately for him as Toronto is in the thick of a playoff race here. Mm-hmm. I could see him coming up and going into the bullpen and, you know, he, he is overcoming an injury. Now the good news with Nate Pearson is that the injury is not a uh, upper body. <laughs> it's a lower mm-hmm. body, a very important lower body, but uh, it is a groin injury. So mm-hmm. that, that gives you some hope, right? That the arms. Okay. Uh, but I always yeah. did worry about him with his huge velocity that he's always going to be susceptible to, Injury a la, you know, Noah Syndergaard type of thing. But uh, if he goes into the bullpen, it might be a good time to buy low. I don't think um, many people are going to get overly excited about seeing him go to the bullpen. But I don't, you know, I can't imagine Toronto wants to keep him there for the long term. So if you want him to buy low on Nate Pearson, now is certainly the time because there is no argument from me. He has fallen a ton and it's just the... uh, constant reminder of don't invest too heavily on these pitchers if you, you need them you have to have them to be competitive but man are they risky <laughs> i mean yeah. if you put all your eggs in this nate pearson basket in a rebuild you're sol especially <laughs> like, like 
flamethrowers and like you know max effort guys um like pearson yeah uh, who was like oh yeah he can hit 104 miles an hour and that's cool but it is extremely difficult to maintain that as a starter and main and maintain health over several years justin verlander is one of the few uh to actually be able to throw that hard stick as a starter and have success for a long period of time well even he had tommy john right yeah like they're i mean, yeah. like yeah. I mean he, he kind of had it here late in his career and sure but still yeah it happens and he's yeah. a freak like we would i view justin verlander as a one in a billion type of yeah he, he's a he's a once in a generation dude one I mean, generation, that yeah. dude was chucking 90 before he even like hit the weight room he yeah. didn't even have to try and he could yeah. throw 90 miles an hour in high school like yeah. That's just nuts. I didn't try, and I could barely touch 60. Like, it's it's stupid what he's able to do. Yeah, I would be very careful with owners in leagues that come at you with trades. I mean, a lot of trade deadlines are over now, but as we move into the offseason, to, to kind of headline a deal with Nate Pearson because of the name recognition. So hopefully, if you're listening to this, you're paying attention <laughs> and uh, don't get fooled because his value is really, really down. It's not it's not out the, the gate. Like, I feel like there's still a lot of buy low potential here, but uh, definitely a faller. I'm going with another pitcher um, as I kind of we, we didn't pick all pitchers, but they're <laughs> here are some of the easiest ones sometimes. So um, a guy that I know you were very, very high on and I want to get your thoughts on this on and um, what you've seen this year from him. That's Asa Lacey, the lefty from the Kansas City Royals. He's 22 years old, a guy out of college that we expected to really progress quickly and get up to the majors in a very short period of time. Uh, this year has not gone well, and it's not really due to injury or anything like that, which we can kind of blame on Nate Pearson and a load of other pitchers as well, like Sixto and, and those types of guys. But uh, Asa Lacey, almost a five ERA, 496. Um, and a 1.52 whip, just incredibly high. And it's not like he's in triple A or double A he's in high A. So I don't really have a good explanation for this. I, I granted, I haven't watched every start, um, by any means, but what a disappointing debut. In fact, um, that was, th that was actually a, a few weeks ago. His ERI has actually got up to 519 now that I look at the stat line. So, mm -hmm. um, What's going on here? I mean, what are the explanations? Just we were too high on him, or is this a hiccup? What do you think? Well, his command is all of a sudden gone. I mean, he's walked 41 guys in 52 innings. That's not good. Um, it, no, it's not. <laughs> he's also given up 41 hits in 52 innings. When, when you've given up as many hits as walks, um, and it's that high, it's not good. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know. He's still got the gaudy strikeout numbers, 79 strikeouts in, in 52 innings. Like, that's that, that's solid. That's good. But the walks, man, the, the command is not there. And, um, you know, really in, in 14 starts, he should have a lot more than 52 innings. So he's not really get, going deep into games uh, for quad cities. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of weird. And, you know, the Royals – I would think they'd had, I mean, they got much better pitching development. I mean, they've been focused so much on pitching in recent years that, you know, they should be able to figure this stuff out and, and he should be fine. But um, it's, it's just been a rough year. He just hasn't been able to find the zone consistently. Um, and that's gotten him into trouble. And, 
you know, he should be better than that when it comes to his control, but it it just hasn't happened for him this year. Yeah, what's up with the Royals, man? I mean, we were, beginning of the year, Jackson Coar, Asa Lacey, Daniel Lynch, like, we were envious, and uh, those guys have all kind of taken a step back, and, you know, granted, some of them are in the majors and, and took a step back, and that's difficult for sure, but... Um, Whatever the Kansas City Royals did for 2021, um, hopefully they rethink some of the stuff going forward. Um, and until Lacey really gets that control, I'm not going to ever buy, you know, at, at cost, um, unless it's just insanely cheap right now. Because uh, I don't like I don't like what I'm seeing here. I I I, mean, I fully expected a dominant debut. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, at least and something better than than this. Yeah, and even the strikeouts like. Great, but you're going two innings, three innings, four innings. Like if you look at the game log, his longest start has a six inning performance, but then after that, they're almost all four innings or lower. It's yeah. very, very strange. So maybe we can get some Royals beat writers on here and give us a, a lowdown on that. Um, but let's get back to some happier times. Let's go back to our risers. All right, I'll go ahead and uh, start this one. Um, as we continue on, do we have any pitchers? We do have one pitcher. Okay, good. I was looking. Yeah, like we gotta have some. We gotta give some pitching love. But I'm not going with the pitcher. This guy, I I don't know what to make of him. I don't know how high I would bump him up. But I have seen him rise up some rankings into like the top 20s and even top 15 on some publications. That's Anthony Volpe. Shortstop for the New York Yankees did not get traded during the trade deadline. So clearly the Yankees have very, very high hopes for him. This dude's hitting 306 in high A as a 20 year old with seven home runs, hit 12 home runs in low A in 199 at bats. So he's hit 19 home runs on the year. I never saw the power like that. I knew he had a good hit tool and that he was going to be kind of a solid all around player. Uh, maybe a better real life player, but now we're talking immense fantasy upside. If we're going to start hitting 20 to 30 home runs um, from the shortstop position in New York stadium, because we all know for what, you know, well, we know the reasons why, but New York prospects seem to be valued a lot higher than anybody else. Uh, all yeah. Jason Dominguez, et cetera, et cetera. So if you could get all those going, like the hype's going to get out of control here, if it hasn't already. So, that's my question to you is how much, obviously he's a riser, right? He, I mean, this guy was yeah. in the, the, the top hundreds and now he's in inside of top 50 lists. So how high is the rise for you with Volpe? Uh, I think he's for sure got to be top 50, I would think. Uh, I mean, with, with what he's been able to do, plus showing the the speed as well. I mean, he's got 27 stolen bases yeah, I didn't on even the season. That. So when you combine the, the hitting ability, hitting over 300, the power – and the speed ability, that's that, that's a really strong, a really strong fantasy player. Uh, so that's that's something to definitely uh, keep an eye on and look at it as he moves up through the system. And um, I, I think that combination of of all those skills, the the hitting for average, the hitting for power, and the the stolen base ability, definitely should put him in the top fifty. <laughs> Let me ask you a couple of questions here, then we can see how how high you can get in. Would you rather have one of our fallers, Lacey, 
or Pearson, or would you rather have Volpe at this point? I'd probably rather have Volpe at this point. Yep, I agree. I agree. What about one of our other risers, Blaze Jordan? I'd probably say Volpe still, just because, as I said earlier, Jordan's still so risky and so young and so far away. Uh, yeah, plus the position eligibility, I think, for it. True. Is yeah. Huge. What about our other riser, Zach Veen? Would you rather have Veen or Volpe? Mm, I might rather have Veen. Dang, that's crazy how close they are then. Because, I mean, everybody is agreeing on Veen as a top 30 prospect. So, yeah. Yeah, and I can't disagree. I, I don't know. I agree with everything you said. Even I think I would take Veen ahead of. But the at short is so tempting if he's yeah. gonna and he is gonna stay at short i'm most likely the glove's really good it's not like he has to move off of short so a 20 30 shortstop oh my gosh hitting in new york dang maybe even above veen i don't know yeah i wouldn't call you crazy i'll just say that yeah all right let's move on who else do you got on your risers list all right on my risers um i'm going back to the organization where i had a faller on pearson going back to the blue jays and I got Aurelvis Martinez uh, as one of my risers. And this dude, also at the shortstop position, uh, also big power, hitting 23 home runs this season. I mean, it's been insane for him in uh, A-ball. Uh, he's, he's earned promotion from low A to high A. Had 19 homers uh, in, in Dunedin there in low A, uh, hitting 279. Um Really just knocking the cover off. 19 homers, 22 doubles. Then recently got the promotion to high A uh, into Vancouver. And, you know, he's he's got four bombs in 11 games. The batting average isn't quite there, um, it, uh, although it's also been a very small sample size. But he's still slugging, uh, still getting runs across. So uh, this is someone who, at the shortstop position, he could provide plenty uh, of power and the hit tool uh, is also there that, that he's going to be able to get into that power consistently. So that's also very intriguing uh, when it comes to the shortstop posi- position, not only in real life, but also in fantasy. Yeah. The strikeouts are a concern, mm-hmm. but going beyond some of the statistics that you mentioned, which are just a, there's no arguing with those, but to put the icing on the cake, he was the highest uh, recipient of the uh, for bonus money in 2018 out of everybody. I think we you may forget that or you may not even know that to begin with. And I think those guys, when you start seeing the money, you follow the money when it comes to prospects that you haven't seen or you don't have any statistics on, and you're going to be in a pretty good spot. So that going for him is um, really, really good. And plus the fact that the Blue Jays seemed willing to deal out Austin Martin paves the way for a little bit. I mean, maybe it never would have mattered, but to to show that this is their guy, you know, I, 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 depending on what happens, you know, with yeah. the, at the big league level at of shortstop. Course. And I, I want to think that like, you know, the twins and the blue Jays were talking and the twins were like, Hey, uh, you know, give us uh, or Elvis. And they're like, no, nah, we'll give you Austin Martin instead. And then they're like, Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but um, no, probably but not. I mean, they also still got Jordan Groshans too. in the Groshans blue Jays. Well. And uh, so, yeah, or Elvis is interesting because 
he probably was ranked too low by most people just because we didn't have a lot of information on him. And, and But, you know, 2019, we did have a good sample size, 162 plate appearances, 275, seven home runs. I mean, as a 17-year-old in, in rookie league, that's <laughs> that's really, really good. Um, yeah. Took a year off. So I think we just everybody had him too low, and this is kind of where he is. So um, definitely a huge rise for him. But uh, I think some of that is because we weren't high enough on him to begin with, to be honest. All right, let's get back to uh, some negatives, and let's get back to our followers. Just to recap really quickly, we've had – Four risers, Zach Veen, outfielder, Colorado Rockies, Blaze Jordan, third baseman, question mark, first baseman, Red Sox, Anthony Volpe, shortstop, Yankees, or Elvis Martinez, shortstop, Blue Jays. We've also talked a couple of pitchers, which we'll, we'll break the trend here, but Asa Lacey for the Kansas City Royals and Nate Pearson for the Toronto Blue Jays. So let's go ahead and pick two uh or go over our guys here for a total of two, and let's try not to make them pitchers. So give me your one of your fallers here that is a non-pitcher position. All right. Uh, one of my fallers that um, I was kind of really high on coming into uh, the season is Austin Hendrick of Cincinnati Reds. Uh, First-round pick last year in, in 2020 uh, out of high school. Um, but... You know, this year, getting his first real kind of minor league action, hitting 222. Yes, he's, you know, he's drawn plenty of walks, got the on-base percentage near 400, um, but hasn't really shown the the power that was really expected. Uh, more doubles power than home run power. Uh, um, you know, striking out a lot. Uh, it, it's been really kind of atrocious. 84 strikeouts in 176 at-bats. That's a 47% strikeout rate. That's not good, Alex. That's not good. <laughs> no, it is not good. And this is a guy whose calling card was the power and to only see the six home runs um, as a 20-year-old. So, yes, still very, very young. I mean, I can't say that I was going to be hitting many home runs as a 20-year-old. But <laughs> still, the calling card is not there and everything else hasn't uh, you know, emerged like the stolen bases with Veen. I don't think anybody expected 30 stolen bases. Um, so unfortunately for Hendrick, nothing's really popped out as something that, oh, you know what? He may be not hitting those home runs, but he is doing this well. He's not doing anything well, per perhaps maybe uh, except for the walks. He does have a 394 on base percentage. And if I'm going to kind of give Hudson head a pass for his high on base percentage. I have to do the same for Austin Hendrick, actually very similar players. Now that I think about it in terms of what their arc has been, but a uh, very good pick there still. Um, I think people were probably the reverse of our Elvis, where we were a little too high on a guy that we hadn't seen too much. So if you saw him in the sixties and seventies, that probably was always going to be too high for uh, almost all prospects. Right. When you start talking high schoolers. So, be aware of that, that, uh, you know, this isn't necessarily a give up on him forever, but we, we, you know, hopefully next year we can see some, a, a rebound for him. It'd be a nice buy low candidate. Um, going back to that draft as well, a guy that, again, when you start ranking these high schoolers, you're going to hit some of them. If you're Robert Hassel, if you're Zach Veen, you're going to, you know, you're going to hit on some of them, but when you start to put everybody into those top hundreds already before ever seeing them you run the risk of guys just falling on their face and a guy that i'm going to pick is a 
a case exactly like that. And that's Ed Howard, a shortstop for the Chicago Cubs, 16th overall pick in 2020. And in 2021, not good. <laughs> Let's uh, listen to some of these stats. Okay. He's had 228 plate appearances. He's hit two home runs. He has 15 RBIs. He's hit four doubles. He has hit for a 190 batting average. And unlike Hendrick, the on-base percentage is not good either. 247 for the 19-year-old. No, he is a little bit younger. He's playing more difficult position. But this is uh, not 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 a good debut for Ed Howard. And um, I, I'm really really disappointed because I wanted I I wanted him to be good in a sense of the simplest way to do it because he was I love my shortstops I love the guys that do it all and uh, but he's definitely you have to drop him a lot this year um, until he he sort of turns it around so um, how how high were you on Howard when he came out I I don't remember exactly yeah I, I wasn't super high on Howard I thought it was kind of a cool fit him going to the Cubs he's from the Chicago area you know the Little League World Series team uh, from Chicago that won it all. Uh, that one year. So like, yeah, that was a cool story. Then gets drafted by his hometown Cubs. But yeah, the, I mean, for him, I mean, just kind of a, he, he's more of a defense first uh, shortstop anyways. Um, you know, strong gloves, strong throwing arm, um, the bat and the power, you know, it, it was never really going to be a super high level for either. It's probably more just going to be, you know, average passable type stuff for, for a starting shortstop. So, you know, he can maybe get away with, you know, not super blown away numbers, but I mean, these numbers are just, are just straight up bad. Plus the 73 strikeouts. Um, it, it, it's good for almost a 35% strikeout rate. Uh, it's, it's not been good. Um, and he's been playing, I mean, decent, decent chunk of the season. Um, yeah. So there, there's plenty of stuff there to kind of realize, Hey, this is, this has not been a good year. Yeah, I didn't expect, you know, double-digit home runs or anything like that. I was hoping for some more stolen bases. He does have five. If you're not getting on base, it's difficult to steal bases. That's, that is in. true. I have heard that. Breaking news. But <laughs> still, yeah, the glove, uh, I'd be interested. Actually, I don't know if I have this information off the top of my head. I wonder how many errors he's making. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Because it is stressful you know, like you said, play for your hometown team, play in a premium position, have a lot expected of you as a first rounder. And if you start making errors, you know, that can get into the box, too. So uh, maybe I'll look that up as we go over your uh, your next guy. But um, Ed Howard, yeah, definitely. I don't even know what his value would be at right now. Um, I imagine the the pedigree can still get something, but uh, definitely don't don't buy at cost. He'd be more of a, hey, throw in Ed Howard to kind of kind of guy at this point um granted that won't you know not set in stone or anything like that um so let's get back to our uh risers here let's go ahead and kind of wrap this up a little bit quickly we have uh two guys here i'll let you go ahead and start with the first guy and uh we'll go a little bit quicker here so we can get you out of here uh under the hour mark that should be our our goal because we've gone over a little bit so who do you have next as your riser your last one yeah also, by the way, six errors for six Ed errors. Howard. Yeah, that's um, not in, bad at all. Ed, Ed shortstop. Okay. So that theory is out the window. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so my final riser here uh, is someone that I think the um, certainly our buddy uh, Stoffer 
um, who covers the Marlins, has been uh, incredibly excited about. Um, and someone that's been rising up a lot of boards lately, and that's Yori Perez uh, of the Marlins. 18 years old, just got promoted to high A Beloit, which is about an hour away from me. So, hmm, that's uh, interesting. Uh, I may have to uh, go check out a Snappers game at some point soon. But he's been just having an electric season uh, in Jupiter uh, in low A. 15 starts, 56 innings, and a 1.61 ERA. Just two homers allowed, just 21 walks, 82 strikeouts. Uh, and he's just been looking absolutely uh, electric. Um, you know, when he was signed back in 2019, you know, didn't sign for much, but he's gone from six foot four to six foot eight. Yeah, he's grown. And, and he's gained 35 pounds. Yeah. Like, th- like this dude legit just filled out. Like all of a sudden he just came in and he's he's four inches taller and, and gained a, you know 30 40 pounds. Yeah, it's and like he's, Anthony he's, Davis when uh, he was a point guard and then all of a sudden he was a center because he had grown. It's like what's happening here now? We have this yeah. body and now he's now he's chucking down. too, chucking yeah. some heat and and uh, improved his secondary stuff. It's just been uh, amazing and despite that quick growth. He's still been able to keep his delivery in sync relatively well. I mean, it's just been um, astounding to kind of see that kind of a, a transformation in such a short amount of time and how he's been able to keep it all together and still dominate at 18 years old. Incredible. So Yuri Perez, I mean, he is rising up everyone's board. He's rising up mine. He's a he's a for sure top 100 guy now, um, I'll believe it, and that's probably only going to keep on rising higher and higher. Yeah, a perfect example now. Granted, it's an extreme case, but when you get new information, don't be afraid to make changes to your assessments, right? So when a guy grows into this amazing frame that you was you did not have before, he's not the same guy anymore. You have to make changes, and so. I think people are a little late to the party because I think you could still get him for relatively cheap considering the upside that he now has created by growing. <laughs> so go for it. Um, all right. Awesome. I'm going to go back to some Chicago love. I know that they were depressed to hear how Ed Howard is a bust already. So uh, let's go ahead and give them the good news. And that is that they made a trade with uh, the San Diego Padres because everybody takes all of our prospects. Um, And that was uh, (laughs) Reginald Preciado. He is a third baseman and a switch hitter to boot. Probably going to stay at third. Probably uh, I could see him playing all over the infield besides short. So um, he's going to have multiple position eligibility. This dude is hitting 370 right now, over 119 plate appearances as an 18-year-old with a couple home runs, seven stolen bases. And again, when I, I remember writing about him and uh, the information we had just wasn't enough to really make huge claims. And so I was optimistic for sure. Um, and the you know, $1.3 million as a 16-year-old, um, a record, by the way, for a prospect out of Panama. That's where he's out of. So the, this guy has just exploded this year. 
And there's a lot to like, not a lot to dislike. And a guy that um, I actually I traded for in a league where he was a throw in. I just said, hey, if you throw in Preciado, I'll do it. The guy was like, OK, cool. And like I would have done it straight up for Preciado if we had continued the negotiation. So <laughs> that's kind of where you might be able to get him for this next year, um, even with this huge start, because it is rookie ball he is 18 years old. He had doesn't have, you know, a huge amount of backing beat prior to this season, but still huge upside for this guy and a huge riser, probably outside of top 200 lists now comfortably creeping up 200s. And some people have them even much higher than that too. So, all right, let's go ahead and finish up with our fallers. I'll go ahead and quickly give you one here and then you can finish up as well. Um, I'm going to go with Simeon Wood Richardson and I'll let you take the other guy. Um, Simeon Woods Richardson was dealt. Um, of course, we talked about that a few weeks ago at the deadline in, in, in addition with Austin Martin to the Twins. So I had liked him a lot. I thought he was criminally underrated for a long time. And then it got to the point where now I think he's criminally overrated. Um, and that has to do a lot with just his performance this year, which has not been good. Um, and the fact that the Twins are kind of shutting him down to rediscover his mechanics and stuff like that. That's never a good sign. Um, a guy that a year ago you could have gotten for really, really cheap. Now, if you wanted to get him, I think the price is just way too high. And I think his not a huge fall, but definitely, you know, 20 to 30 spots for me, maybe even more than that, that I think about it. But Simeon Woods Richardson pitcher now for the twins would be another follow. And why don't you take us home with the last guy that we have on our list here? Yeah. Last guy on the list uh, going down into the desert in Arizona, looking at Geraldo Perdomo. Made his major league debut earlier this year. Didn't go particularly well. Ten at-bats, one hit. Um, so, obviously not uh, an ideal situation there. But then they send him back down, and he's been in double-A uh, in, in Amarillo. And it hasn't really gone much better. In 56 games, hitting a buck 75, uh, a pair of home runs. 55 strikeouts and 183 at-bats. Um, hasn't really shown much for uh, speed. Uh, only two stolen bases. Hasn't shown much for uh, power, extra base hitability. Hasn't shown much for any sort of hitability, uh, really. Drawn a decent amount of walks. Uh, 36 walks. Has a 324 on base percentage. Um, but he really just hasn't been able to show much swinging the bats. Yeah, he's one of the guys that had a floor that you were very excited about. You thought for sure he would be a, at least an average all-around major leaguer with the ceiling always capped. Like, he was never going to be a 20-homer guy. He probably was never going to be a 20-stolen base guy. But he was going to play a nice position and, you know, get on base and score runs and stuff like that. But when you have a season like this and you're a floor guy, it's just disastrous. Um, I, I, this is a lot of... <laughs> plate appearances too, 227, um, you know, 230 something. If you add the major league at bats as well, which did not go better <laughs> than what he's doing now. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a, a disaster of a season. And so you take these floor guys and with no ceiling and you remove the floor, what are you left with? <laughs> like a, yeah. a bad luck riddle. You don't want to answer, but that's where we're at now with Perdomo. So let's go over and recap our guys really quick. I really like our list. I think that the, we did a good job not to make us sound amazing, but we are amazing. 
of guys that we haven't really talked a lot about on this podcast. We have kind of our go-to guys, the Michael Harris's of the world, the Hedbert Perez. But these are guys that I feel like we haven't talked and some of them have been having remarkable seasons and some of them need to be addressed as being fallers. You can't keep your list static for the whole year. It's going to change. Um, Wait, is that right? Static, static changes. Static's the same. Static's the same. Static's the same. Okay, I had it right. I always think of like a static TV. I'm like, well, that is moving. It's a bunch of moving things. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Zach Bean, outfielder, Colorado Rockies, Blaze Jordan, Anthony Volpe, or Elvis Martinez, Yuri Perez, Reginald Preciado are our risers, our fallers, Asa Lacey, Simeon Woods Richardson, Ed Howard, Geraldo Perdomo, Nate Pearson and Austin Hendricks. So if you disagree, let us know on Twitter or on uh, uh, however else you can contact us. I don't know how else you could. Um, I don't know. But yell at us on Twitter or agree with us on Twitter or something. Let's get, uh, you know, I want to get some some uh, mail time and stuff like that. So let's let's interact with our listeners. I know they're out there. I see the listens. People are listening, not just my mom and dad. Like other people are listening too. <laughs> That's good. I pay my mom and dad to listen. Yeah, lucky you. Know. Mine don't. <laughs> you got to up the stakes a little bit. All right. That's going to do it for us. Um, this is Futures Focus. I'm Alex Sanchez, David Gasper. Anything to add on before we sign off here? Get on the Hedbert Press hype train. I say it every week. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. And I am, I'm back into school. And in case you, you're wondering why I sounded so depressed this whole this whole podcast. First day you of school was today. This whole no, podcast. You know, Come you know on, man. Funny? The kids are like, Oh, summer was too short. I miss summer. I'm like, bro, you think teachers don't like summer either? I was living the dream in summer. Don't you act like I, I want to be sitting here? here sitting here counting the days of summer until I got to come back to school and teach you guys. But um, that's all. I, I always find that fine. It's like, I like summer too. I wanted it to keep going. But, uh, it, you know, back into the groove, back into the, the swing of things. Don't decided. assign any homework to them then. Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the fun part <laughs> oh okay sure no fun. um yeah anyway i'm not gonna talk about teaching too much i just wanted to mention that because it's fun um i actually really enjoy teaching it's all great and kiss my principals listening i love it love my job love my school <laughs> you're the best principal i've ever had okay uh <laughs> let's go ahead and sign off now thanks for listening again this is futures focus courtesy uh, it's a podcast courtesy of prospects 1500 again continue to check out the site thank you for your support we really appreciate it and we will talk to you next week see you later